In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. We greet our brothers and sisters who are tuned in from all over the world in the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in our original tongue of Arabic, the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum. And that means peace be unto you. And we also want to extend to you the greetings of Ramadan Mubarak, and that means blessed Ramadan. We are thankful to Allah for this beautiful month as Allah has been working on each of us and refreshing us and renewing us through this act of fasting, through the behavior of making our daily prayers, and through the reading of the Holy Quran from cover to cover. There are only a few days left in this sacred month, so let us stay focused and close out this month properly, but also let us use this month as a catalyst for how we will continue to live our lives throughout the year. We welcome each and every one of you to the Nation of Islam Sunday broadcast, and we are thankful to Allah that you have decided to be with us this morning. It is our honor to share with you the life-giving teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught and demonstrated by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Brothers and sisters, one day a companion of Prophet Muhammad asked a question. He said to the Prophet, after God and after his messenger, who should we honor next? The prophet said, your mother. The companion then said, okay, who after that? And the prophet said again, your mother. Then the companion, a little confused, asked one more time. He said, okay, and who after that? And the prophet said for a third time, your mother. Then he said, next, your father. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that a woman is three times the value of a man because she brings forth life. Women teach and train the offspring. Even though in the nation of Islam, we don't celebrate this world on this day, uh, we don't celebrate this day in the, uh, excuse me, we don't celebrate this day as this world celebrates because we believe that every day is Mother's Day and a day should not go by without us honoring our mothers and doing go accomplishing goals and objectives that our mothers will be proud to call us their sons and their daughters. My sisters, we wanna extend to all of you who are tuned in this morning, the greetings of happy Mother's Day we pray that this is a beautiful day that's filled with love and care and that gifts are bestowed on you. We don't celebrate it in the traditional sense where we allow the enemy to make merchandise of our love for our mothers, but you deserve the world. Sisters, do you know that you are so special in the eyesight of God? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that the womb of the woman is the workshop of God. A synonym for the word workshop is laboratory. So the womb of the woman is the laboratory where God can compile ingredients and through that woman produce a child that is the answer to the yearning and the prayers of the people. And this is why when a woman begins to truly understand who she is and her immeasurable value, value, she will move differently. She will behave differently. She will begin to choose partners differently. And ultimately at the root of things, she will uh, think differently. So to all of our sisters who are tuned in this morning, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan wants you to know that God loves you and he wants what is best for you. And as I bring up our next speaker, I want to put the words of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad on your mind when he said, quote, civilization is measured by the woman, close quote. So that means a funky and foul woman produces a funky and foul world, but a civilized and a righteous woman produces the kingdom of God here on earth. Brothers and sisters, please welcome our next presenter this morning, another student in the ministry class here in Chicago, Brother Tariq Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, 
I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I want to greet all of you with the greeting words of peace in paradise. We say them in the Arabic language of, Assalamu alaikum. And we want to greet all of you again with those greeting words of Ramadan Mubarak. I want to take a moment to give a word of thanks and gratitude to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his student national assistant, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, for allowing me the privilege and honor to be before you this morning to share words from the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I am eternally grateful for the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, for they are teaching us today God's objective. And his objective today is to make himself known. And he's doing it by taking a people who were considered nothing and making us into something new. So the scripture says, behold, I make all things new. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, when you make a new way of thinking in a person, he is bound to do something new. For he cannot do something other than new. And since he has a new mind, new ideas, a new mind and a new idea produce a new thing or produces a new thing. He goes on to say that just because we have not seen the creation of these things, we are quick to disbelieve that they can ever happen, end quote. Look at these examples that we're about to lift up. The world never thought 20, 30, 40 years ago that you can have a wireless phone in your hand that is touchscreen and you can call someone up and see their face in real time but it was produced because that one who invented that had a new thought. The world never thought 200 years ago that we would have automobiles and planes flying in the sky. The world thought that that was impossible, but a man or a woman or scientists or people came together with a new thought and a new idea, and they produced something that the world had never seen before. Well, look at the black man and woman of America. The world never thought that we would rise above our mental and spiritual state of ignorance and death. The world never thought that we would begin to stop killing one another, begin to stop degrading our women, degrading ourselves and each other, but the world thought wrong. We are rising today from our mental state and spiritual grave of ignorance we are rising never to fall again because God came and we thank Allah for coming in the person of Master Fad Muhammad and for giving to us the most honorable Elijah Muhammad who was introduced a new thought. And that new thought produced or started the process of producing a new man who would start the process of producing a new people. And the greatest example of that new man that is in our midst is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He is a new man, a new human being that the world has never seen before. All praise is due to Allah. So the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan must know Christ. Look at that man. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, 
He's 87 years young, going on 88. But he looks so young. BET tweeted, at the homegoing celebration of our brother, Brother DMX, may God be pleased, they said on their Twitter page that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is aging backwards at this point. And we all can bear that witness. But all praises due to Allah. But what makes him look so young? What makes him look so youthful? What did God say he was going to do with us that the minister is the prime example of for us to look at? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said over 47 years ago, as you notice, the effect of thoughts or your thinking at times has such a deep effect on the brain that it affects the surface of your face or your skin and body, he, uh, end quote. So the question is, what are the thoughts or what is the minister thinking about on the daily for him to look so beautiful? He is constantly thinking about God. He is constantly in a state of reflection, meditating on God's word and striving to live up to that word to the point that he is becoming one with that word. He loves God so much. He loves God so much like a woman who is so in love with a man that she wants to reproduce what and who he is. So the messenger of God is styled in the scriptures as a woman because it is through, a, or it is through him that God can produce and use him to produce a brand new nation. So I thank Allah for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I thank Allah for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And as I was on my way to the mosque, I was in a state of reflection of my mother. I was thinking, what thoughts did, was she thinking? What thoughts was she thinking as I was, in the, uh, I was in her womb and God was fashioning and shaping me and molding me that I would grow up one day to love the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, to love the nation of Islam, to love God and love his word. So we must honor our mother. We must honor our father. We must honor God for giving to us a man who is styled like a mother, who is merciful, who is nurturing, who cares about us and our condition. And that man is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Thank you for allowing me these few short words as I greet you in peace. As-salamu alaykum. Please help me welcome Brother Samad Muhammad. In the most holy name of Allah, the beneficent, the ever merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger, Messiah. It is because of these men that I can greet you in the Arabic words of peace. We say, Assalamu alaikum. And to the global population of Muslims, those of us who are fasting, some of us who are suffering for the glorification of Allah's name and his way. We greet you with a blessed Ramadan, Ramadan Mubarak. I want to begin by thanking my beautiful mother, Sister Yolanda Michelle Muhammad. I want to also thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his National Assistant Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad for the privilege to stand here before the people of God. It is a humbling experience every time I am blessed to be here. I would also like to say to the believers in God, and to the skeptics, what a blessing it is for us to be alive in a time like this. What a blessing it is to have divine guidance in one of the greatest periods of ignorance that man has ever experienced. 
The divine guidance that I'm referring to is none other than the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, as made plain and as taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Praise be to Allah that the masses of our people are waking up and becoming aware of God's champion, as Brother Tariq just shared BET tweeting about our man to their millions of followers. But most of them who know the minister and know his work, they will not be able to speak favorably about him in public due to fear of the reaction of people, of men. But it's okay because your dear brother, Brother Samad, I'll speak favorably about that man. I'm not afraid to show my allegiance with that man. I'm not afraid, praise be to Allah, to mention the name of Muhammad or Farrakhan in public because those names are keys. And it's many times where I walk into a situation and I mention those names or they see my last name and it opens a door that was previously locked. And if I mention that name and it happens to close a door, it's a door I had no business opening in the first place. Praise be to Allah. But quickly, as we make way for our keynote presenter today, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan shared beautiful words at the homegoing service for Brother Earl DMX Simmons. And I recently learned that the acronym DMX, it stands for Dark Man X. And I found great beauty in the meaning of that acronym because when we join the Nation of Islam and accept our own and come into the knowledge of self, we receive an X where our slave name used to be, denoting that we are no longer the possession of our slave masters. We are no longer the last name that we had before we had knowledge of self. So I found that that was very beautiful. And in mathematics, the X represents unknown value. And comparatively, the value of each and every one of us is only known by Allah. And it is only through the struggles of the journey of life that we began to discover who we are, what we are, and what we have been given by our Creator Allah. At the funeral for Brother DMX, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan spoke on struggle, and he spoke on its relationship to the manifestation of gifts that God has given us. Just let's take a look at the words that he shared with the family and the friends of Brother DMX. Quote, sometimes we don't know why circumstances in our lives were the way that they were. Sometimes we are upset with mom because of this or that, upset with dad because of this or that, upset with siblings because of this or that. But what we may not realize or may not know is these circumstances, it is these circumstances when you were in the womb. It is these circumstances that were in your environment when you came from the womb that have shaped you and marked you for the future that, you, that which you are going to do like dad and affect the whole world. Did you know that DMX's life, love, pain, and suffering shaped him to be a voice for our young people and young people all over the world? He suffered in his life. He had pain in his life. He had joy in his life, but he lived his life transparent. Many of us in public life, we are one thing in public, another thing in private, not Earl Simmons. DMX was who he was and is who he is. The reason he has affected the people in the hip hop genre and human beings across the globe is because he was genuine. The minister goes on to say that God used his life to educate, to teach, to show the world that you can come up the way he did, but struggle and then overcome the struggle and reach beyond your pain, beyond your suffering 
and yourself to affect the whole world that is just like you. We came up on the rough side of the mountain, brothers and sisters. We didn't have an easy life. God ordered it that way so that we could serve his purpose through our pain to affect the whole world of humanity. That's why the Bible says that the last will be first. The bottom rail is going to come to the top and you will no longer be the tail, but God is marking you to be the head, end quote. Here the minister is reminding us that Allah gives to each and every one of us a unique journey called life, which if we share, it becomes our testimony. Today is Mother's Day, and so many of us in the black community and in other communities, we have strained relationships with our mothers, with our fathers, our parents, due to a lack of understanding. But if you think on what the minister just shared, whatever it is that may have happened in your life, in your family, it is that struggle that has made you who you are today. So we are to always revere and celebrate the womb that bore us because no matter what has happened in our development, Allah God was ultimately in control. The Holy Quran verifies this in Surah 3, verse five and six as I close. Surely nothing in the earth or in the heaven is hidden from Allah. He it is who shapes you in the womb as he pleases. There is no God but he, the mighty, the wise. All praise is due to Allah. Praise be to Allah. Thank you for these brief moments. And please give a round of applause as we bring up student minister Daniel Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum. Brothers and sisters, we are at that time in our presentation to hear from our keynote speaker, student minister Jeffrey Muhammad. But before I bring him up, I want to say that this brother holds a dear place in my heart. It was when I began in the ministry class here in Chicago that Minister Ishmael Muhammad entrusted Brother Jeffrey to groom, to mold, to tutor, to mentor, and to even correct me at times to bring me further along the path in this ministry. Today, his topic is Allah's incomparable mercy. And Brother Jeffrey, when teaching one day, he said, when someone else does wrong, we immediately want punishment, chastisement, immediate consequences. But he said, when we're guilty of the wrongdoing, all of a sudden we're asking and pleading for Allah's mercy. So Jesus said it like this in the Testaments. He said, he without sin cast the first stone. So since we are guilty and as the scriptures say that on our best days, we are filthy rags and we are all in need of the mercy of Allah, brothers and sisters, help me to receive our keynote speaker this morning, speaking on Allah's incomparable mercy, brother student minister, Jeffrey Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there's no God but Allah, who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, to whom praise belongs forever. And I bear witness that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is his Messiah, his messenger. And I bear witness that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is their divine warner, servant, and reminder in our midst. I greet you all in the greeting words of peace. As-salamu alaykum. Ramadan Mubarak. To the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, words cannot express or properly say thank you for the gift of life 
itself. And what I mean by life is the spiritual life, mental, moral, and a better physical existence since all of us have had a rendezvous with you. And I thank you for the opportunity to just bear witness to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And to student minister Ishmael Muhammad, my big brother, my mentor, I affectionately call him my pastor, my brother, for helping me to hold fast to the rope of Islam and Allah. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers that are listening. Happy Mother's Day. Special Happy Mother's Day to my wife's sister, Marlo. Words cannot express my love. And constant prayers of thanks to Allah for you and your example of being an MGT and helping me to be a better man. Mother's Day has always been bittersweet for me. Normally, I try not to come to the mosque because it was on Mother's Day in 1990 that I first heard the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It was the morning that my mother had passed and I was randomly driving my car. I ended up in the parking lot of Mas Mariam. And Brother Sultan Muhammad knocked on the window and he said, are you okay? And I'm crying. And I said, my mother died. And he said, we're about to have this meeting you can come in, and for many y'all remember the two o'clock meetings. And not realizing that I'm here, he said, come in, and I sat in the first seat, first row. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan taught so beautifully on our love for mother. And he said how we should say thank you to our mothers and appreciate our mothers before she leaves, and I didn't get a chance to do that with my mom. And also, on the same day as Mother's Day was my father's birthday, who also passed. There was always a whole lot of emotions on Mother's Day. But being here today, Allah is the best knower. In one of his subject matters that were inspired from his study, of the teachings of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad preached on the subject, the lull before the storm. He referenced the Honorable Elijah Muhammad from the fall of America, stating, quote, there will be a lull before the storm. The storm can be delayed, and every hour and day that it can be delayed is to your benefit. In the Holy Quran in chapter 24, verse 14, it says, And if it had not been for the favor of Allah upon you and his mercy in this world and the hereafter, you would have been touched for that in which you were involved by a great punishment. Allah's favor is his word. Every chapter of the Holy Quran begins with Bismillah al-Rahman, Ibrahim, which are his quintessence of Allah's attributes. Since every chapter begins with these words, we find in every chapter the abundance of Allah's beneficence and Allah's mercy every time we read the Holy Quran. 
The Holy Quran says in Surah 17, verse 110, call upon Allah or call upon the most merciful. Whichever name you call to him belongs the best names. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan states in Building the Will, quote, we recite the attributes that we are most in need of every day. We say, in the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. As Muslims, every time that we speak, we say, Bismillah, Iraq man, Ibrahim. These are not taglines. These are not simple introductions. These are for words for us to know that every time we speak, every time we see someone, we're in the beneficence, grace, and mercy of God. We're alive because of his beneficence. We're here because of his grace. We're here because of his mercy. When we see our children, when we see our loved ones, when we see each other, it is by Allah's mercy that we're able to see each other. Maulana Muhammad Ali writes, Rahman and Rahim are both derived from Rahmah, signifying tenderness, requiring the exercise of beneficence, and thus compromise or comprising the ideas of love and mercy. Rahman and Rahim, beneficence and mercy, are the opening words to every chapter in the Holy Quran except for one. Student Minister Ishmael, in one of his lectures said, and I'm quoting, his mercy, Allah's mercy, his undeserved kindness. His mercy encompasses his creation, and in recognizing his mercy, we must immediately become grateful. Synonyms of mercy include compassion, forgiveness, kindliness, leniency, gentleness, and goodwill. Undeserved kindness. There's nothing that any of us have done or can do to deserve Allah's kindness. There's nothing that we have done that have earned us Allah's mercy. There's nothing that we have done to even earn Allah's love. Every day, we must walk the earth humbly and grateful to God that owes us nothing, but we owe everything to him. The Holy Quran says in Surah 2, verse 163, and your God is one God. There is no God save him, the beneficent, the merciful. The term beneficence connotes acts or personal qualities of mercy kindness, generosity, and charity. It is suggestive of altruism, love, humanity, and promoting the good of others. Whereas beneficence refers to actions or rules aimed at benefiting others, benevolence refers to the morally valuable character trait or virtue of being disposed to act to benefit others. Minister Ishmael Muhammad said in his Fajr prayer address, Last week, quote, Allah's mercy follows the good or beneficence that God provides for us. His mercy is undeserved kindness, his unmerited mercy. Without his mercy, we would not exist. 
I stopped there just to pause. Without his mercy, we would not exist. His mercy is given after the abundance of his goodness so that we may evolve and achieve the goal of life. But man is ever ungrateful. Surely we are ungrateful after his beneficence. Man abuses the air, the water, and the creatures. Man abuses his own body by the ingestion of cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, excessive food. We even abuse each other. Our self-hatred causes us to murder our own kind with no thought. But as in the case in South Carolina, we have mercy for others. We can easily forgive others that are not from our community. And we can pray for them and say, may Jesus and God forgive you. But one of our own kind does something to us, we have vengeance on our mind. We have no mercy for ourselves because we have such a low self-esteem and a self-hatred. And anyone that looks like me, if I hate me, I'm going to hate you. And if I dislike me, I'm going to dislike you. And if I'm angry with the way that I look, I'm going to have a hard time loving the God who made me. I'm going to be angry with God. God, why did you make me so dark? Why did you make my hair the way you made it? Why couldn't, me, why couldn't you make me lighter and brighter? Why couldn't you make my hair more straighter and curlier? God, why couldn't you make me taller or similar? The more issues I have with God, the less grateful I can become. And in not being grateful, I can show no mercy. But when I'm guilty, I throw myself on the mercy of the court. But if you offend me, I'm coming at you. And many of us, we know when we're guilty, we put the hands up, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Give me another opportunity. Sometimes we borrow money from each other. And we don't pay it back. And we see that person. And we avoid them. And we duck them. We act like we don't see them. Because you might not have it. But you don't have the courage to say, brother or sister, I know I owe you the money, but I don't have it. Please forgive me. But if we loan the money to somebody else, we stop them. Hey, 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 man. Where's my money at? Give me what you owe me. There's no justice in that. We were given mercy, but we don't have it in our heart to give mercy. Surah 17, verse 67, and says, When distress afflicts you in the sea, away goes those whom you call on except he. But when he brings you safe to the land, you turn away. And man is ever ungrateful. All of us have been in situations that only God, could get us out of. That we're not going to have no public confessions, but we all have been there, and we make a bargain with God. God, if you get me out of this one, I say all five prayers. I eat one meal every two days. I be at the mosque every time the door opens. I remember the Holy Quran, but get me out of this one first, Allah. And Allah brings you out of it. And we go right back to the behavior that we had. And then we're in another circumstance. And the hand goes up and surrender. Oh, Allah. The prayer becomes so sincere. And even though we're born in Chicago or Cleveland or Los Angeles, we even get a slight 
accent when he gets away. Oh, Allah, please, Allah, help me. I mean, we go there. When your life is in distress, you find Allah. But we always don't call him first. We call others. We call friends. We call loved ones. We call everybody for help, and no one can help us. And unfortunately, lastly, okay, Allah, it's just you and me. But if we had went to Allah first and remembered him first, we probably wouldn't have been in that difficulty. But the Quran reminds us that Allah, or that we are ever ungrateful. And many times in our anger with the way that we as black people have been treated, we want justice. Not justice the way that Allah sees justice. We want justice the way that we've been taught justice. We want the old school cowboy justice. Hang them high, shoot them low. But Allah does not desire to kill. That's not Allah's way. We affectionately call Master Farq Muhammad the savior. Not just of one group of people, we call him the savior of humanity. All who desire to be saved can accept the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and have mercy on their life. All. Minister Ishmael quoted in part 23 of the time and what must be done. That the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that Almighty God Allah does not delight in killing the wicked. He delights in the wicked coming out from that which would cause them to be killed. He delights in their turning from their wicked ways, but they have to desire to turn. As Ishmael further says, and I'm quoting, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 23, it reads, and this is God, have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live, and in verses 27 and 28, again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed, and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. Because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions that he hath committed, he shall surely live. He shall not die. When we desire the punishment of others, there's an ayat or verse in the Quran that should make us think twice. But the scripture says in Surah 16, verse 61, if Allah were to punish man for his sins, not some men, not a few men, not white men, not black men, but if he were to punish man in totality for his sins, not one soul would be left alive. So all of us are in need of mercy. We can ask for justice, but we should first look at our own lives and see where have I gone wrong? What did I do wrong? Who have I offended? Before I start pointing out who has offended me. In the church, we used to say the Lord's Prayer, but there's a condition in the Lord's Prayer. It says, forgive us 
our trespasses. But then there's that condition. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And sometimes that's the hardest thing. Please forgive me, but I'll never forgive you. Now, we play with words. We say, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. The countenance says, I'm not forgiving you. The words say forgiving. But there's no contriteness of the heart. There's no expression that a person can feel that they've been forgiven. You say, I forgive you in the same manner that you said you offended me. I forgive you. Most of us want justice when we are offended, but we want mercy when we are guilty. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says, and quote, the attribute of mercy is not only a chief attribute in its importance, but in the degree of self-development that Allah subjected himself to in order to attain it. Based upon the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's declaration that alcoholic, the creator, was the first attribute manifested. And his declaration in the theology of time that the God who created himself was a warrior God. We can conclude that Allah had to evolve himself through time and experience in order to manifest this highly refined and delicate quality called mercy. Maulana Muhammad Ali writes, the prophet himself is reported to have said, Ar-Rahman is the beneficent God whose love and mercy manifested in the creation of this world. And Rahim is the merciful God whose love and mercy are manifested in the state that comes after. The minister says that mercy is undeserved kindness. His mercy, undeserved. His mercy encompasses his creation. And in recognizing his mercy, we have to be grateful. To understand mercy and grace we must first understand that we are undeserving of either. Many times we believe God owes us. When we say our prayers, we put a demand on God. We don't ask. We put a demand on God like he's the genie in the lamp. We put our wishes out there. And we judge him based on how fast and how soon and how much of our wishes. He answers. We don't just thank Allah for the air that we breathe. We expect it and we count on it every day. We expect and we count on the sun to be there. We expect water to be in the ocean. And the Quran says, little is that we give thanks. We should never expect anything but the grace of God, never. Allah owe, does not owe us air. Allah does not owe us food. He has given that to us out of his mercy, but he don't owe us anything. So as Muslims, we're taught that we must walk the earth humbly because there is a mighty God that has given to us everything that we need. It is already here. We just have to figure out how to mine it, develop it, cultivate it and bring it into existence that which would benefit us. But being ungrateful, God, I need a new house. Can you help me? Oh, Allah, my car broke down. Can you help me? 
versus saying, oh, Allah, I thank you for the ability to just ask you to help me. Allah, I thank you that I can still move my lips and words come out. Thank you. Oh, Allah, I can still see. Thank you. Let me pull the car off the table because there's so many things that I can be grateful for that I still got legs and I can still walk. I can get to where I'm going. It might take me a while, but I think I'm complaining of things that are not worth complaining about. So, oh Allah, thank you for your mercy. How does Allah express his love? These two attributes, beneficence and mercy, have a single root out of which they spring. And that root is love. He expresses his love in the quintessential beauty of his nature by what he creates and what he does for what he creates and through what he creates. Allah as a creator starts painting on the canvas of space out of the beauty of his own nature. He gives us the sun, the moon, stars, galaxies, earth, mountains, flowers, and all kinds of different creatures. Some we know, some we don't know. The oceans are full of creatures that we have yet to discover. There are insects that we have yet to discover. There are flowers that we have yet to discover. Now, sometime in our arrogance, we believe we've seen it all, but we have not. Allah's wisdom, his development always is constantly producing newer and newer creatures. So we can never thank Allah enough for his love. When we see this world in the animal world, this huge array of creatures that manifest his infinite wisdom and power and his matchless beauty, the color only he can give in flowers. Look at the magnificent God that when we see flowers, the mathematical combinations of how colors lay on top of colors, the mathematical and science that goes into a seed that you can barely see but then in a few days, you see this huge flower comes out. That's the magnificence of God. Then even as children, we start in our mother's womb as a drop that the naked eye can hardly see. But yet, within a few years, you can be as Shaquille O'Neal, seven foot two, 300 pounds. To believe that drop started in a little bitty woman. That's the magnificence and beauty of Almighty God, Allah. Allah not only creates a thing, but he nurtures what he creates, and he sustains and maintains what he creates. Think about a God who has created everything that you see and provides for every creature, from the smallest all the way to the most magnificent. He has provided for that creature. This is a mighty God. What did we do to deserve this? We did not have to do anything for him. He did it all for us. This is a God who creates a worm and provides for the worm. But he doesn't just create things haphazardly. He creates things and for everything that he created, there is a purpose. And in everything that he created, there is a lesson for all of us to study. So everything that God created is a message from him. But man is arrogant and man is haughty. His lessons are all around him, but he refuses to become a submissive and humble servant of Allah to learn from the things that are around him. Minister further says, quote, you receive gifts and you give gifts, and you have a tendency to love those who give you gifts. 
But nobody has given a gift like Allah gives. He gives you eyes and then he gives you something to look at. You have an earth at which you can keep on looking and looking and looking. And the more you look, the more you see. And the more you see, the more you marvel at a mighty God. When you get tired of looking at the earth, you can lay down on the grass and look up at the wonders in the heavens above. If you get tired of that, you can go down in the water and look at the world under the water. You open the earth and another world is in the earth. The more you look, the more you see. For the master said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. All we have to do is seek. But what we're looking for is already here. Out of his awesome display of love, he offers us grace and mercy. He gives us a prayer that when we make a mistake, when we make an error, we say, I have been greatly, greatly, greatly unjust, not to you, to myself. And I confess my faults. Now, when we make mistakes and errors, there is the inevitable punishment coming. But we ask Allah, grant me protection against all my faults, for none grants protection against faults but thee. When we're wrong, we can't go to each other. You go first to Allah, oh Allah, I'm so sorry. I offended, I did wrong, I committed this, I did that. Oh Allah, protect me from what I just did because I know it's going to come back on me. Oh Allah, mitigate it. I have mercy on me. I know I'm going to suffer something, but make it more smaller than it could be. Don't give me the ultimate penalty, Allah. Just give me a little whooping. I take the little one. I can't handle the big one. And if you don't want to give me the little one, I'm happy with that too. The Quran says that some sins he hides altogether. All praises due to Allah. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Mercy protects us from receiving what we have deserved. Mercy protects us from receiving the full weight of the punishment we have justly earned. It is his compassion and great understanding of the human condition that he grants his mercy and his grace. In his mercy, he does not dispense the full consequence, but we do receive some consequence. And in his grace, he blesses us with many good gifts in spite of what we have done, giving us what we do not deserve. All of this reflects that as it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us. No matter how wicked people have been, Allah has not cut off their ability to eat. No matter how bad we have done, Allah has not stopped the sun to shine on any one particular person. The movie can display it where you walk in darkness, but everybody else is in the light. Allah shines the sun on the good and the bad. He does not take the air away from the wicked and give more to the good. 
He dispenses it for all, even though we haven't earned it, and even though we have greatly offended him, he keeps on doing good to us. There's still animals for us when we're wicked. We can still go eat. We can still go and hunt and find food. We can still raise vegetation and eat. He has not stopped us from living. Even though we have not earned it, he still gives us mercy. What about us? We all have children that when our children don't do what we ask them to do, or they're not grateful, and we do things for them, and you expect them to treat what you gave them right. You expect them to say thank you in a certain way. Y'all know how we do. That makes you mad. I bought you that new suit, and you went outside and played in it. You get angry, take the suit, punish the child. I just bought you that new dress, and look at it. Give it back to me. And then you shun the child for a while. Don't speak to the child. Might not even want to feed the child dinner. Or if you feed the child dinner, you give the child food, you know the child don't like. That's us. You done made me mad. And look at how, and y'all, well, you know how we do in the black community. Look at all of what I've done for you. Now, I had to grow up like that. My mother reminded me every time she would roll, had a roll call of everything she had done. When you were little, change your diapers. I did this, and I was like, oh, man, here we go. But she could hit that roll. But God never reminds us of what he has done for us. It's never a time when we have done wrong that Allah has whispered in your ear, hey, did you forget that I woke you up this morning? Allah never reminds you of the wrong that you do. We remind ourselves of it. That's the hellish condition of earth is when you do wrong, you keep pressing the rewind button over and over and over and you can't go past it but God doesn't remind you of it God has forgiven you but you haven't forgiven yourself yet but man reminds each other of what we've done wrong to each other have we offended each other more than we have offended God no have we done more wrong to each other than we've done wrong to God no. Think about it. Minister Ishmael and Imam Sultan Muhammad beautifully had a dialogue last night on the number of prayers that were given to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And they said that at first he was given 50. But in passing Moses, Moses said, go back and talk to Allah. And it was so beautiful how they said it. It was funny, but it was serious. Go back and say, hey, hey man, this condition is tough. And then going back to Allah, he gave him five prayers. Many of us know how we feel if you don't call me. If I say call me at 9 o'clock and you don't call me, I'm upset. What happened? I expected your call. What were you doing? But when we miss our prayers, Allah has never tapped you on the shoulder and said, Hey, didn't I tell you five times a day? We can say, oh, Allah, I'm at work. I'm responsible for the building that you're in. I'm responsible for the people that hired you. I'm responsible for everything that you got. So they get more importance than me. But we've never heard God say that. But you know we've done it to each other. 
When we're to pay bills, they remind us all the time. You get warnings. We're to pay charity. We never get a warning from God. We never get an eviction notice from God. Allah is always merciful to us. Allah is always doing good for us without asking anything in return in order for us to continue receiving his blessings. So we thank Allah and we seek his refuge by praying and by fasting. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad writes in Message to the Black Man, prayer is something that we must and are compelled to do if we expect guidance and mercy from Allah. He seeks refuge in no other God, the person that's praying, but Allah. And he declares this in the following words of the prayer, thee do we flee and we are quick. He now hastens himself for refuge in a living God, a God that exists, a God he can depend upon for help, a God who knows and understands all of his life's troubles and woes. He is not perfect, he's talking about us, therefore, he hopes for mercy from the true God in the words of the prayer as follows. We hope for thy mercy and fear thy chastisement. He has learned of the suffering and chastisement of Allah upon those who disbelieve in him. He is no longer an unbeliever, for he has surely turned himself, being upright, to Allah, the originator of the heavens and the earth. Prayer brings us into a higher spiritual realm of divinity. It connects us to our creator, and he can manifest himself in us. Female and male are the highest manifestations of the wisdom of Allah. The Bible calls us the glory of, of God, not a glory, but the glory, meaning greater than the sun, greater than the moon, greater than the stars, greater than the mountains, greater than anything he has created. So never think low about yourself again. Never walk around and say, I ain't nothing. I ain't going to be nothing. You are the greatest creation of God. <laughs> Praise be to Allah. If we are not thankful for little things, we will find ourselves being ungrateful to God, who is the giver of all things. When we get into trouble with Allah, we pay a very high price for being ungrateful. Even though we are the best of his creatures, we must never turn away from Allah because if we turn away from him, we turn away from the source of our evolution into him. Allah will manifest in us and through us for the human being is the glory of Allah and is Allah's vicegerent to take God's place on earth. This is our domain, the earth, to rule, and to govern, but we cannot govern it properly unless we evolve into him. We must never turn away from him because to turn away from him is like the planet turning away from the light of the sun. Then we are in the darkness and whenever we are in darkness, we suffer what darkness brings. Darkness brings the cessation of labor. As the Holy Quran says, the night is for man to rest or sleep and the day he made for man to rise up again. There is a spiritual day when we make progress, and there is a spiritual night when we go to sleep. We are not in the day. We are a people who are walking in darkness, gross darkness. Darkness covers black people, 
not only here in America, but in Africa and throughout the world. Have we turned away from Allah? Yes. Because if we were in the light of God, we would manifest God's light as we would be evolving into him. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. He is saying that God's greatest grace and mercy is to give man guidance and mercy and wisdom into himself, where man can no longer be man, but becomes a manifestation of God. Allah made us to evolve to perfection, that he might be made manifest in us and through us. But who is manifested through our actions today? Who is controlling our lives today? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, and I'm quoting, it is not Allah. We have become Satan's handiwork. We are carnal-minded, low-life, and non-productive people, taking our low desires as a God besides Allah. We are in need of Allah's mercy. Now, how do we take a God besides God? We all pray. We all believe we believe. But what's the thing that's on your mind the most? What occupies your attention all day. That thing that occupies your mind, your attention, can become your God. If you wake up with it, go to sleep with it, and dwell on it all through the day, then as Brother Tyreek said, then your thoughts start to evolve into that which you're thinking. So if all my thoughts are about money and making money, and spending money, then I become that which I think of. And if my thoughts are that on sport and play, I become that which I think of. But if God is foremost, if God is on my mind the most, if the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is on my mind all day, if the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is on my mind the most, then I evolve not into sport and play, not into money, not into carnal mind. I become vessels of Almighty God because they're on such a high level, I begin to rise to where they are. I can't bring them down to me. I got to go to them. Minister said, we stand in this world in need of mercy. He said, there's no one in here, out there, around here, whether they live in Mecca, Rome, or any holy city that doesn't need Allah's forgiveness or his mercy. We need it, but we really don't deserve it. Yet out of that love, that beauty in his nature, he says, I am not going to leave you like you are, but I am going to raise one up from your midst, just like I do the clouds. I raise clouds up from the earth by the power of the sun and the moon, having an attracting power on the water of the earth, and it draws water up in a fine mist that the naked eye cannot detect. As that mist forms with other mists, it forms what is called clouds. And the clouds get heavy with water and allow blows the clouds with winds over a dry, dead earth. And when the clouds distill and water falls to the earth, the seeds germinate, swell, burst, sending a root down and a shoot up, and then the dry, dead earth comes to light. This is Allah's mercy. He does the same with human beings. It says in the Holy Quran, Surah 42, verse 28, And he it is who sends down the rain 
after they have despaired and spreads its mercy. O men, call to mind the favor of Allah to you. Is there any creator besides Allah who provides for you from the heavens and the earth? There is no God but you, but he. How are you then turned away? Allah asks a question because after he sends warning, the people are turned away from that warning. But out of his grace and mercy, he raises someone to turn us back towards him. And if we reject that one, he gives us time. And then he shows us in his signs that he is with the one that he has chosen. There's a, a hadith of Prophet Muhammad who used to stand in prayer at night so long that his feet would swell. And observing him engaged in worship with such a high devotion, Aisha asked him, O Messenger of Allah, why do you do this when Allah has forgiven you your past and your future sins? And the prophet replied, should I not therefore be a thankful and grateful servant? Knowing that this is the one whom the Holy Quran was revealed, yet he constantly showed his gratitude to Allah. How can we afford not to ask Allah for his mercy? More importantly, why do so many of us not long for Allah's mercy when he has repeatedly reminded us that he is the most merciful? It says in the Holy Quran, Surah 2, verse 160, except those who repent and amend and make manifest the truth, these it is to whom I turn mercifully, and I am the offer turning to mercy, the merciful. If God were to punish man, none of us, would be here now. In Surah 6, verse 54, it says, your Lord has prescribed mercy for himself, so that if any of you does evil in ignorance and therefore thereafter repents and does righteous good deeds by obeying Allah, then surely he is all forgiving, most merciful. However, when we run the risk of losing Allah's mercy, when we are arrogant towards his teachings, we become arrogant when we think we know. And you begin to say, I know. That's when you don't know. As Muslims, we say, inshallah, if it be God's will. Because in truth, we really don't know. We might memorize. We might be able to quote. But it's not embedded enough for us to say, I know. Now, you might know better, but we don't really understand the depths of Allah's wisdom. So Allah does not expect us to know. He gives us one that does know. And he says, keep your eyes on him. Keep your ears on him. Watch him. Stay quiet. He will speak. For me, he'll speak to you, he'll speak for you. There's one that is an example that when we get to know him, we get to know Allah. When we follow him, we follow Allah. When we listen to him, we listen to Allah. Praise be to Allah. There's a hadith that says, when Allah completed the creation, he wrote in his book with him upon the throne, verily, my mercy 
prevails over my wrath. Many of us, if not all of us, have experienced the overwhelming feeling that sin can do in your life. When you're really trying to be right and you do wrong, the weight of sin can be unbearable. If you're trying to do right, if you ain't, it don't bother you. You can brush that off and keep it moving. And as it says in the study guide, you begin to kill the messenger of God within you. But because of the divinity of black people, it's difficult to quiet the messenger of God. So we drink to quiet it. We smoke to quiet it. We do everything we can to quiet the messenger of God in us. When I was younger, used to be these cartoons where the angel was on one shoulder and the devil was on the other. But it was the person in the middle that was in the angel suit. And it was the same person in the devil suit. And he was in the middle of committing an act, and the angel would be like, don't do it. And the devil would be on the other side, go ahead and do it. And the person would be in the middle looking. And for whatever reason on television, the devil would always win. So there was this show with Flip Wilson. Every time he made a mistake, he would say, the devil made me do it. When we get to that point that we know we've done wrong, and after we've done wrong, we say, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that? We become physically and mentally exhausted, beginning to believe that sometimes not even a drop of Allah's mercy is going to reach you. You become afraid, oh, Allah, don't kill me. Allah, I know you don't love me. I know, Allah, you don't want me. You become so afraid of life itself sometimes. We fall into a pit of sorrow, and our faith, begins to plummet, losing any sight of Allah and his mercy. We keep hitting rewind over and over again. We wish that he had never happened. We lose hope that Allah will be with us. We have what's called our walk in shame. We don't believe he loves us anymore, but we are wrong. He loves us in spite of our wrong doings. The Quran says that hell is meant for purification. He desires us to rely on him and be a witness bearer of his saving grace and mercy. We ask Allah to protect us against our faults because only he can protect us. And there's a prayer that we've been given, which is Surah 2, verse 286, our Lord imposed not on us afflictions, which we have not the strength to bear. Pardon us. Forgive me. Relieve me, exonerate me for what I know I have done, and grant us protection and have mercy on us. Thou art our patron, so grant us victory over the disbelieving people. Now, disbelieving people are not always the people outside. The disbelieving people can be the voices in you. Grant me victory over my own self. Grant me protection against the voices in my mind. Not somebody else. All praises due to Allah. Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says in the will of God, I'm quoting, whenever a man loses the ability to read Allah's will in that which is around him or her, 
Then is it incumbent upon Almighty God Allah out of the abundance of his love and mercy for humanity to raise a prophet, a messenger, an apostle, to teach us the will of Allah and to give us the privilege and the opportunity to submit our will to do the will of Allah God and to come into favor with Allah. Whenever he raises a prophet and a messenger, he chooses that people to, the be, to be the bearer of the light of his revelation to those who walk in darkness. With that revelation comes a duty to demonstrate the love of God who raised the prophet or messenger for them and the love of God who decided to favor them with divine revelation. It is a duty to demonstrate God's love. God's love is his mercy. God's love is his grace. History teaches that Allah has never been on the side of the oppressor. His mercy and favor have always been historically with those who are the least, not the most. Those who are suffering in ignorance, those who are suffering under the heel of oppression, poverty, want, squalor. Allah sends messengers and warners out of his mercy. When people have strayed from the path of God and earned his displeasure, before he punishes, he raises from among the people a prophet or a messenger to whom he gives what is called divine revelation by means of what of which he guides those who will back to his straight path that they may once again come into his divine favor. When a people have strayed from God's path, many times we believe the people are somebody else. We the people. All of humanity has strayed from God's straight path. All of us have earned his displeasure. Before I can say, oh Allah, go get him, I got to first say, oh Allah, save me. Oh Allah, find mercy in me. They got to deal with what they got to deal with, but first, I have to beg for mercy for my own life and the wrongs that I know that I have done. And going to that straight path, they represent mercy before he punishes a people. He extends his unmerited and undeserved love. He extends a window of opportunity to, to correct the wrong before he punishes. The Holy Quran teaches in Surah 16, verse 36, and certainly we raise in every nation a messenger. In Surah 10, and for every nation there is a messenger. And Allah says to Prophet Muhammad in Surah 4, we sent messengers we have mentioned to thee before, and messengers we have not mentioned to thee. We cannot be arrogant to say we know all of Allah's prophets and messengers. Allah says he raised in every nation a messenger. Most are not written of in the books that we have. But since Allah is the best knower, and in his word, in his book, there is no doubt, then in every nation, a messenger has been raised. Why can't we have one? Allah says in the Holy Quran that we sent Abraham and Lot with the message, and we delivered them. We sent Noah, David, Solomon, and we delivered them. And Job, when he cried to his Lord, distress has afflicted me. 
and thou art the most merciful of those who show mercy. And he delivered Job. And Ishmael and Idris, all were the patient one. And Allah delivered them, but punished the people who did not heed the divine warning. In Surah 21, verse 86, and we admitted them, those that listened to our mercy. Surely they were of the good ones. Some of these I don't know how to say right, so please forgive me. And do El Nan, we delivered him. And Ad and Hud and Sali, we delivered them. And each came with a message. But the people saw themselves as mightier, better, and saw themselves as proud. And Allah says, and when we wish to destroy a town, we send commandments to his people that lead easy lives, but they transgress therein. The word proves true against it, so we destroy it with utter destruction. It says in the Bible to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, do you commit such immorality as no one has preceded you from among the world? Indeed, you approach men with desire instead of women. You are a transgressing people. What was the order to Lot? He was instructed by God to tell the people to leave the city because he was going to destroy it. Lot warned the people, but only his family and those who believed were saved. What was the behavior of the people? The men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and lovers of each other. It was called an abomination. But as the Bible says, but as in the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, in Noah's time they were eating, drinking, marrying, partying, giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered into the ark. Then he rained down stones as his punishment. But here we are as black people, 1,400 years from the time of Prophet Muhammad and the revelation of the Holy Quran. How could anyone think that Allah would not send us a messenger? How could any Muslim think that Allah has not raised in this most powerful nation in the history of the world a messenger to point out evil and wickedness as others have in the past? Our condition is so great. We don't need a prophet. We need God himself. What about America? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, and God saw that the wickedness of man was so great in this earth that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Is that the behavior of our country? Absolutely. Every music, song that you hear, it's nasty. The music or the movies that we love, they're nasty. On the TV shows, nasty. Most of the books and the magazines we read, y'all know, Filthy. The ads on buses, on televisions, in movies, wherever you go, it's filthy. And it's nasty. And some of the movies we like the best, they're not the movies of God. They're not the movies of a more black ground. We like gangster movies. We like movies with killing and shooting and murder. If we were to have a list of top movies, you'd change it now. But if we said that before, you'd go down the list, Godfather 1, Godfather 2. you go on. But all of the movies don't project God. every imagination of the thoughts. So since this country is that way, and there's no justice in this country, the murder of innocent children, it used to be murder of black men, now it's murder of black children, Latino children. After a while, haven't we had enough? Have we not heard that God has visited America with a divine judgment? 
In Jeremiah it says, and you are to tell them that this is what the Lord says. If you do not listen to me and walk in my law, which I have set before you, and if you do not listen to the words of my servant, whom I have sent to you again and again, even though you did not listen, then I will make this house and I will make this city an object of cursing among all the nations of the earth. We thank Allah for the prophets, but we need more than a prophet because a prophet of God is not the full manifestation of the wisdom of God. A prophet is represented by the moon and moon is borrowed light. But since one was willed into existence from the beginning, from the originator who wanted to perfect his creation, the power of that will and the force of that will for 78 trillion years brought into existence a matchless human being with knowledge so great that he is to bring into existence a world without end. He has that knowledge that would allow him to make a new heaven and a new earth. He would have two attributes, all praises due to Allah. Two attributes, Rahman, Rahim, beneficent, merciful. The Bible says that the word was made flesh and dwelled among men. How do we know that? Because it says in Genesis, now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre. And while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day, Moses or Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men, three, 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 were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet the three of them and bowed himself to the earth. There were three of them that came to Abraham and Lot, and one of them was the Lord. Well, who were the other two? One was his left hand, and one was his right hand. That one, that Lord, that visited, it's called Master Fard Muhammad, to whom praises are due forever. And the two that were with him, his right-hand man, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the man on his left, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. They have offered us life, praise be to Allah, that we might have it more abundantly. They have offered us a better spiritual life, a better mental life, a better moral life, and even a better physical life. The life of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the life of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is a demonstration of love and gratitude to the Supreme Being. They demonstrate in their life that they solely depend on him and him alone. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad states that even our flag of Islam is a mercy. He writes, and I quote, the nature of his science is the greatness of the unlimited wisdom of its designer, the great source of goodness for all that is under and in the flag of Islam, the freedom, the justice, the equality that is freely exercised by both believer and non-believer under the flag of Islam which is revealed for the sole purpose of teaching the great unlimited source of mercy and love that the designer has for his creatures. In the man Jesus, we have the fullest expression of God's mercy and compassion. But who is this Jesus? The life of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the life of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan are the fulfillment of this life of Jesus. The Holy Quran says in Surah 21, we have not sent you, O Muhammad, except as a mercy to all the worlds. The teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, as taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, is revelation from the Lord of the worlds. With all the scientists coming together, all the wise ones, the smart ones, so-called intelligent ones, 
Not one of y'all can disprove what God and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad have given to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. The Quran says, nay, it is the truth from thy Lord. And we, as his followers, say the same. That thou mayest warn a people to whom no warner has come before thee, that they may walk aright. The Bible says of this man, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, we affectionately call him Aaron in some aspects. And it says in Numbers that Aaron stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. For this man, Moses, or this man Aaron, Moses requested of God for help in his mission. God accepted his request and gave Aaron as his helper. In Exodus it says, and thou shalt speak unto him. This is God talking to Moses. Now in, our, in the Hood translation, Moses in modern times is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. <laughs> is. And thou shalt speak unto him. This is God talking to him. Thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth and his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God, as Bible. Allah brings forth from the living and from the dead, and this is after I share with Minister Ishmael the scripture, and Allah's spirit moved him, and I wanted to quote him. He said, Allah brings forth from the living and the dead, and the dead from the living. He said, dead meaning the spiritually dead, the morally dead, the mentally dead. Not physical, but the ignorant masses. He said, the living have a degree of knowledge, but the plague, the pestilence from heaven, is for the wicked and every inhabitant. Our relief from this plague is how we relate to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan how we follow his guidance, how we follow his example and strive to do as he advises. This pestilence is a part of God's chastisement and it has disrupted the entire system and the entire world. But unfortunately, things won't get better. The worst is yet to come. Haven't we had enough? We are in the days of tribulation. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad instructed us in terms of the minister to look at him, to listen to him, to go where he says go and stay from that which he says stay from. He says go to Allah, but he says stay away from the vaccine. And following Minister Farrakhan, we are moving from a gold, we are moving towards a golden circle of protection that is Allah's mercy in this hour of destruction. The closer we follow him, the deeper we move spiritually into that protected area. Student Minister Ava Muhammad said, Minister Farrakhan is the manifestation of Allah's mercy, not only on the black man and woman, but all of humanity. When you look at him, you see what mercy looks like. Beautiful, elegant, impeccable in style and movement. When you listen to him, you hear what mercy sounds like. Clear, precise statement of God's view of what is happening what he intends to do about it, how and when he will take action. When he tells you where to go, you are following Allah's mercy. When you stay away from where he says to stay away from, you are avoiding that 
which is not within the embrace of Allah's mercy. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan does not represent religion. He represents reality. And as he reminds us in one of his interviews, Allah is the only reality. He has presented to the world a way out of our earned punishment, a delay, a way to mitigate God's wrath. And he did that in 1995 in establishing a holy day of atonement. The scripture that was the basis of that day and should be the basis of our life each and every day is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. But in the verse preceding that, it mentions the plague and the pestilence that's coming. And that's the response to the plague and the pestilence that's visited the land. He has given us two portions. It says in the Quran, oh, you who, who believe, keep your duty to Allah and his messenger. He will give you two portions of his mercy and give you a light in which you shall walk and forgive you. And Allah is forgiving, merciful. He has given us two portions. That mercy is embodied and encompassed in two men. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad is his mercy and grace. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is his mercy and his grace. And they are both who, as the scripture states, the callers of the Day of Atonement, and that caller sits on the mercy seat. They have pleaded to God for us, and they have prayed that Allah's grace and mercy would encompass us. The scripture says that Allah would not punish the people as long as the messenger was among them. After Allah takes the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, away from us. Then what? What do we expect? For all of the wrong that we have done, we will receive something, but we pray in his mercy that we can endure. We pray that for not following the guidance of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and all the wrong that we have done knowing the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, in a world that has gone to hell, we expect something. We're like children that when your mother has gotten fed up and she says, you know what? I'm gonna call your father. And you know when you call your father, ain't no chance of nothing. You start, oh, I'll, oh my, wait, mom, hold on. I do it, I do it right now, mom. But you know it's over with. Because when dad come home, ain't asking no questions. He's not gonna ask what happened. He's upset. First, he done pissed off his wife. And she done bothered him that he got to come home to deal with you. So strap in hand, belt in hand, I won't go old school, we used to get hit with. But you know something is coming to you. We pray that we can endure for the wrong that we have done. We ask Allah for his mercy. And it's during this month of Ramadan that we pray and we fast and we ask Allah for his mercy. For in Ramadan, it is divided into three parts. And the first 10 days are days of mercy. Well, we beg Allah for the wrong that we have done. Please pardon us and forgive us. In the second 10 days, those are days of forgiveness. And in the last 10 days, which we're in now, these are the blessed 
nights of the fast. And if we begged for forgiveness, begged for mercy, and asked for his forgiveness, now we're grateful to what Allah has done for us. We're grateful to all of what Allah has given to us. It don't matter if I have a six-bedroom house or, or a studio. It doesn't matter if I'm walking, crawling, or driving. We beg Allah and we thank him for all of what we have. No matter how little we think it is, it's a lot compared to somebody else. <laughs> Humanity, we're all on death row. And Allah is a supreme judge, but he does not desire for us to perish. He tells us in the Bible in John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We have to believe in him. We have to accept him. That salvation that can give us everlasting life. Allah's mercy is his word. His mercy is his guidance. This is an invincible truth that can heal the world. But we're in a period now of grace. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad prayed for grace. And grace is time. He prayed to Allah and Allah gave him an extension of grace or time, 60 years. And during that period of grace, mercy was also extended. But grace is up. And each of us, we've had bills that were late in being paid. We were given grace periods, five days, 10 days, 30 days, a month. If we didn't pay it, penalty was given. Some of us, we call and get mad. We're late, but we're angry at them. They call us, Mr. Muhammad, you're late on your car payment. Why are you calling me? Because you're late. But I'm mad at them. I ain't paying this late penalty. Hey, bro, you're late. Now, we can ignore it. We can get mad. I ain't paying that thing. To hell with you. I ain't paying none of that. Slam the phone down. You know what's coming next? More letters, more emails, more phone calls. I can toss them in the trash. I can push delete. I can hang up the phone. But then an injunction is coming, a penalty's coming, and a judgment. And before I know it, here come the collectors. They're coming to get what used to belong to me, but now they're taking it back. We try to make arrangements, which is mercy. Sometimes the judge doesn't give us that. He might say, I give you another chance sometimes. No, nah, you've had too many opportunities to get this right. Try something else. Well, grace has run out. How do we know? Grace is time. And grace is measured, or as time is measured by the sun, grace is measured by the sun, S-O-N. What sun? That sun is the amazing grace. How sweet is his sound? His sound has saved wrecks like us. That grace, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he forbears, he endures, he suffers, he pains over a debt we have yet to pay, but he wants us to change our lives and not receive the wrath of God. This beautiful man turns 88 this Tuesday. Praise be to Allah. But he is so hated by the wicked, man, it can really bother you, that he can't give beautiful counsel, remarks, 
and condolences, as Brother Samad said, to the upliftment and the counsel of the family of Brother DMX. He is hated no matter what he says. They watch for everything that he does, and they have a comment to make. And Minister Ishmael and I were talking about it, and he made a comment, and I said, do you mind if I use it? He said, well, go ahead. And we were talking about what happened, and I think our brother, Damon Johns, beautiful brother, owner of FUBU, became wealthy, and a good example for young black men and women from doing for self. And he made a comment on the beauty of the minister's words. But the enemies jumped on him so fast and so hard, they made him to take it down. And every time somebody says something good about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, the wicked enemy always got something to say. Ms. Ishmael said that it reminded him that the silence of the masses during the trial of Jesus. And he said, Brother Jeff, you know, they knew he was a good man, Jesus, but the people didn't say a damn thing. He said they were afraid to speak up because they are intent on protecting their wealth, protecting their position, and protecting their status. They desire to be pleasing to people that aren't worthy to be pleasing. These people chose a known criminal, Barabbas, over Jesus. They chose a familiar so they wouldn't suffer the repercussions. But even in his suffering on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They didn't ask for forgiveness, but he asked for forgiveness for them. He said, they know not what they do. I only know of one man that asked for forgiveness of people when they have not answered, and that's the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So we in the nation of Islam, we love Minister Farrakhan. We don't give a damn what you say and what you think. We stand strong for the man that gave us life. We stand strong for the man who has made us who we are. Because we know we war not with flesh and blood. We war against principalities and rulers and wickedness in high places. So it says in the scripture, in the minister, we see God's love and mercy. God said, this is love, not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son, his son, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So all of the Negroes that's afraid, there's a scripture that you can say. Because we all say we believe in God, then let's put that to the test. If you are afraid and the enemy comes at you, then there's a scripture. What shall we say then to these things? This is Paul. If God be for us, who, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who in times of tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? Bring all of them. You won't separate us from Christ. And as it is written for the sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Him, Allah, him, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, him, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. For we are persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no height, 
no depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now for the Muslims, scripture for you in Surah 9, when you get afraid, all you say is, he is Allah, besides whom there is no God, the knower of the unseen and the seen. He is the beneficent. He is the merciful. He is Allah, besides whom there is no God, the king, the holy, the author of peace, the grantor of security, guardian over all, the mighty, the supreme, the possessor of greatness. He, Allah, the creator, the maker, the fashioner, whatever is in the heavens and the earth declares his glory, and he is the mighty and the wise. When you become afraid, bow down to Allah and Allah alone, and watch Allah in his mercy come and strengthen you. Thank you as I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. All praise is due to Allah for our brother, student minister, Jeffrey Muhammad. Brothers and sisters, before we close, we ask that if you heard today's lecture and was moved and touched by the truth that was in that lecture, and you would like to receive this mercy that Brother Jeffrey taught us so beautifully about this morning, we would love for you to join your nation of Islam. We want you to go right now to noi.org forward slash join and sign up to get messages from the Nation of Islam so that we can walk you through the process of becoming a registered member. Also, brothers and sisters, in the Holy Quran, in the Bible, in all of the scriptures, it tells us about a principle called charity or zakat. And in the Holy Quran, chapter 57, verse 18, it says, for those who give in charity, men and women, and loan to Allah a beautiful loan, it shall be increased manifold, and they shall have a liberal reward. So we ask that at this time, if you have something that you can give to the cause of freedom, justice, and equality, and to the work of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, that you go to noi.org forward slash donate, or click the button on your screen and give whatever you are able to give. As Brother Jeffrey just mentioned, this upcoming Tuesday, May 11th, is the 88th birth anniversary of this beautiful human being, the servant of God in our midst, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And he has a special presentation on his Twitter. A couple of days ago, he released this tweet. He said, in my preparation for the playing of Beethoven, on my prayer rug, I asked Allah if he would give me the spirit that he gave to Beethoven when he created this violin concerto. I invite you to watch the world premiere of my performance on his birthday, May 11th at 7 p.m. Central Time. So the minister will be performing this live Beethoven violin concerto to celebrate the 250th anniversary of Ludwig von Beethoven. If you would like more updates, you can text MLF, Minister Louis Farrakhan, the number 88 to 99000, and you can also log on to the website ministersmusic.com. Before we let you go, brothers and sisters, just a few more announcements. We want you to visit us online at store.finalcall.com. There you can find a host of material from books by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, books by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and so much more. Again, visit us online at store.finalcall.com. Also, if you have yet to secure your subscription to the greatest newspaper on earth, the Final Call News, you can get a digital version by going to finalcalldigital.com, and there you can get an affordable subscription, and each week, this beautiful newspaper will be sent to your cell phone or your tablet. 
We also want you to visit us online at finalcall.com. On the top of the page, you'll see a button that says Final Call Radio. You can click that button 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and get powerful excerpts of clips by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, our Friday Jumar press service, our Sunday weekly mosque meetings, and so much more. Again, visit us at Final Call Radio. This delicious bean pie is now available for nationwide delivery. You can go to thesupremebeanpie.com and get this delicious treat delivered directly to your doorstep. And we also want you to return right back here to NOI.org on Wednesday and Friday as we have our study series. On Wednesdays, we go over the time of what must be done. And on Friday, we study self-improvement, the basis for community development. Those are both at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, so you can log right back here to NOI.org and join us for those weekly meetings. Last but not least, this upcoming Tuesday, the 12th, is the close and the last day of fasting for our holy and sacred month of Ramadan. All praises due to Allah, and we would like, for those who are available here in Chicago, you can stop by the mosque. We will have complimentary grab-and-go meals to celebrate Eid al-Fatir feast, and that will be available up until 4 p.m. on the next day, Wednesday, I'm sorry, Thursday, the 13th at 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. With that being said, brothers and sisters, let us close out today's meeting with the word of prayer. Brothers and sisters, just a slight correction. The last day of fasting is actually Wednesday the 12th, and then the following day is Eid al-Fatir, which is the Thursday, and we'll have the meals from 9.30 to 4 p.m. Attention prayer. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the Beneficent, the Merciful, Master of the day of judgment in which we now live. Thee alone do we worship and thine aid do we seek. O Allah, guide us on the right path, the path of those upon whom thou hast bestowed thy favors, and not the path of those whom thy wrath is brought down, nor of those who go astray after they have heard thy teaching. Amin. Assalamu alaikum. Greetings, dear listeners. We have been blessed by Almighty God Allah over the 90 years of our work in the nation of Islam and lifting our people up from the miserable condition in which we find ourselves. We ask your support of our effort and we hope that you will be generous and make a contribution to the work of the Nation of Islam and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan by clicking the button below or go to 
www.noi.org forward slash donate. We thank you in advance for your support. May Allah God continue to bless you and your families. Assalamu alaikum. you can get the same uncompromising truth you've come to expect from the Final Call newspaper on all your connected devices. Subscribe to the Final Call Digital Edition today. Go to subscribe.finalcalldigital.com.